What? College matters. What? College, college matters. matters. Really? For sure. College matters. Alma, Alma matters. matters. I was always interested in like sciences in general, um, mm-hmm. but with math, like having one solution or like one definitive like answer always um, gave me comfort. I feel like I'm a procedural type of person and so (laughs) leading into like one final step and having a step-by-step routine of doing something um always like made me feel comfortable and so math was just like a space in which I was comfortable in that is Christina Chance who recently graduated with a bachelor's degree in mathematics and computer science with a physics minor from Emory University Hello, I'm your host, Venkatrama. Christina had a number of interests in high school. She liked math, photography, and sports. She was the leader of the Multicultural Alliance in high school. When time came for college, she wanted to go where STEM and humanities came together. Christina joins us on our podcast to share her undergraduate experience at Emory, how she got into undergraduate research, her research in fairness in AI, and advice for high schoolers. Now, before we jump into the podcast, here are the high fives, five highlights from the podcast. But overall, my experience was amazing, honestly. I was able to do a lot of things um, that I never thought I could do and make an impact. that coming in, I really thought I was just going to get a degree and leave. Um, but I feel like I was able to do a lot more. Um, but I was also worried that if I went to like a specifically technical school, I would lose um, like my interdisciplinary like focus. Like mm-hmm. one of my biggest goals was ensuring that like I can do research, um, that I could be like within STEM, but still be able to get like the human connection, the human impact um, that like science has on society. But there's yeah. like a space in which not a lot of work is being done and that's mm-hmm. in the area of speech. Um, mm. And she herself, she has like a very strong accent. So she was like, you should consider like how um, these tools support people's accents, people that speak different dialects. And I was like, that's very interesting. So um, all of my family's from Jamaica. And so like, I know my family simply cannot use speech recognition. <laughs> like it just doesn't work for <laughs> They have big accents. And so I was like, I had never thought of that before. When I was younger, I always complained, like, what am I ever going to use these things for? Um, (laughs) Seeing them in action has definitely made me want to, like, continue in academia. First one is to not be afraid to, like, take on opportunities or try things that are, like, provided for you or, like, given, granted to you. Um, Just because, Mm -hmm. like, you'll never know where you'll end up. Um, mm-hmm. like join that organization or like take on that work study job even if it doesn't seem like the funnest job because like mm-hmm. you, you'll get something out of it. These were the high fives brought to you by College Matters. Alma Matters. Matters. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I'm sure you want to hear the entire podcast with Christina. So without further ado, here is Christina Chance. If you're ready, we can jump right into it. 
Yeah. Cool. So maybe the best place to start is just uh, looking back. Uh, I know it's not been just a few days probably, but how the Emory experience was. And then uh, we can go in from there. Yeah, sure. Um, I will say that my Emory experience has definitely been interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the framing of having COVID in between like normal years of uh, college um, Mm -hmm. really shaped how I was able to view um, like the impact or the um, importance of like communication and interaction, especially in Mm -hmm. college. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like because of COVID, I was able to make more um, true and I guess real like connections with people especially Mm. like faculty and stuff Mm -hmm. um but overall my experience was amazing honestly I was able to do a lot of things um that I never thought I could do and make an impact um that coming in I really thought I was just going to get a degree and leave um but I feel like I was able to do a lot more which was overall just like a great experience why did you pick Emory how did you end up here um, yeah, so I knew I was interested in uh, studying math and computer science, mm-hmm. um, but I was also worried that if I went to like a specifically technical school, I would lose um, like my interdisciplinary like focus. Like mm-hmm. one of my biggest goals was ensuring that like I can do research, um, that I could be like within STEM, but still be able to get like the human connection, the human impact um, that like science has on society. And so mm-hmm. going to Emory, I was able to kind of do both. You know, Emory's um, really focused on research, but also is like at the end of the day, liberal arts focused. So we have like our breath requirements that allow us to really um, touch root in everything. And so Emory was a great school in that. And then again, like the location. Um, mm-hmm. I came from a predominantly like white upper class school. And so I definitely wanted to be in a city um, mm-hmm. that was as diverse as possible and had mm-hmm. a lot of opportunities for me to um, interact with students of color, students from different backgrounds, financially, religiously, um, ethnic-wise. And so I was definitely able to get that in Atlanta. So it's kind of like the perfect combination of both. So maybe we go back a little door in time. Uh, what, what were you like in high school? What, what, what kind of things interested you? Um, in high school, my interests were honestly all over the place. During high school, mm-hmm. I was kind of exploring what I was interested in. So I definitely knew that I loved math. Like that was the one subject that I stuck with my whole entire like high school career. Um, mm-hmm. But outside of that, I was really interested in like the arts and sports. So I like threw in high school. Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of helped me like focus and on like um how I interact with myself, which I know is like really weird <laughs> to explain, but like <laughs> throwing was just like you alone really. So you just had to learn how to think and process things on your own. And then I was also like really into the arts. So like yeah. I did a lot of photography, um, which was really fun. And like, I was able to like learn different programs on the computer using photography. Um, but then outside mm-hmm. of that, I was really big on just like supporting um, students of color again in predominantly white spaces. So like I became... I went to a boarding school, so I was, like, an RA, but for high schoolers, um, mm-hmm. as well as, like, being a part of our multicultural alliance um, and being mm-hmm. a leader for that. Um, mm-hmm. There were a lot of uh, challenges that I faced in high school, um, and kind of being in, like, that community specifically helped 
guide me through that and kind of um, influence me to do what I then decided to do in college. A lot of mm-hmm. like the orgs that I joined. You mentioned this a couple of times. So I'm going to ask you about first your interest in math. Where do you think that sort of came from? And then secondly, you said you wanted to to do research. So let's talk about math first and then research. Um, yeah, math. So my interest in math, that was just like the one subject I was continuously good at. And I mm-hmm. guess that's where I found like most comfort. Um, I was never <laughs> the biggest fan of like social studies or history. Mm-hmm. Um, and so math felt like the next step for me. I was always interested in like sciences in general. Um, mm-hmm. But with math, like having one solution or like one definitive like answer always um, gave me comfort. I feel like I'm a procedural type of person and so <laughs> leading into like one final step and having a step-by-step routine of doing something um always like made me feel comfortable and so math was just like a space in which I was comfortable in so um outside of math I'm also like a computer science major um and computer science is where I like leaned into my research and so um entering college um I had a few experiences in which, like, I did internships, and I realized that internships weren't really, um, like, the answer to, like, what I wanted to do with computer science specifically, because I knew that would be more dominant over my math degree, sadly. Um, And so I realized that I wanted to do things that I was interested in and that I felt had a more clear impact, and so how I I got into research, accompanied Mm -hmm. with, um, I had started an org. And our advisor uh, was Dr. Timothy Rains, who is the um, director of undergraduate research. Um, And so he kind of definitely pushed me into research. Like I was always interested, but he's the one that kind of led me there. So like through joining IMSD, which is Initiative for Maximizing Student Development, Mm -hmm. as well as joining SIRE, which is a scholarly inquiry and research experience at my college, um, Mm -hmm. I was able to learn more about like what I could do in research. You know, like everybody thinks that research is like one thing. Like <laughs> when you think of research, yeah. you think of like wet labs and yeah. um, like pipettes and that stuff. But that wasn't gonna be my research experience. And so <laughs> those two programs definitely like opened um, the door for what research could be for me, as well yeah. as like allowed me to continue what I was interested in, which at that point was just ensuring like accessibility um, for underrepresented groups. And so, finding the the intersection between kind of computer science and like accessibility and fairness work um mm-hmm. kind of like shaped what I thought my research would look like and ultimately like what it actually has become so tell us about your research I mean uh so did you start when did you start uh, did you get into it in your freshman year or was it later than that uh, I definitely started research fairly late um so I joined uh IMSD like the end of my sophomore year Um, and then I did SIRE also like the end of my sophomore year beginning of my junior year Um, so I was able to um, get into a lab uh, the summer before my junior year I started in a biomedical lab in our med school um, Mm -hmm. in which I was doing things that like I had the skill set for like Mm -hmm. I was creating like a database online and like I could do all those things, but it wasn't necessarily right. like my interest. Like I had never taken a bio course. And so like <laughs> looking at this stuff, I was like, I don't, I know it's important, but it doesn't really suit my interest. And so right. I did that for a year. 
um, and then mm-hmm. I switched to my current lab. Um, that lab is uh, by, with Dr. Dorian Arnold. Um, so my research interests, uh, uh, fairness and AI, no one necessarily covers that um, at my school specifically. Um, mm-hmm. And so going in there, I had to find an advisor that was just like willing to support me through and through. And yeah. um, someone who like understood why I wanted to do this research. And so since it was focused on like my identity, I wanted to ensure that there would be, that my advisor would be someone who fully understood like how identity impacts like technology and things like that. And so Dr. Arnold was the perfect advisor that I could find to do this. Um, And so now I'm working with him in his lab around like an AI fairness project specifically around speech recognition and um, closed captioning for video conferencing tools. And so I've only done research for two years um, and I wish I did it for more. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about how you went about this fairness in AI. I mean, I think, um, of course, it's hugely topical and um, um, very, uh, you know, obviously very interesting. So, you know, give us a feel for how you kind of approached it and went about it and what kind of, you know, outcomes if there are any at this point and where do you see it going? Yeah. um, So it's definitely like topical. It's a really big um, space. And because of um, the lack of people at my university specifically that worked on it, I definitely had to reach out to various different people to kind of get the support I needed in different aspects. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I say reached out, like I was working with people in the neuroscience department, um, in English, um, also in computer science and in math. So like a lot of the people that were on my committee for my thesis, which I, which ultimately is what this research was for, um, mm-hmm. they were from different spaces and they all kind of contributed different things in different ways to look at it. Um, and that's kind of where like the interdisciplinary thinking came in. Um, just yeah. ensuring that like I was focused at the end of the day on the people um, and the community that was kind of impacted by my research. Um, and so for this research, I didn't really, I'm still working on it currently um, just because there's always more to do and more to work on. Of course, of course. And so I don't necessarily have any like noteworthy outcomes yet. I did produce outcomes, but we're kind of working through the methodology um, because things can always be improved, of course. Um, but one of the biggest things that I learned throughout this process was like the lack of data around yeah. um, the lack of data and data sets for um, dialects outside of standard American English. Um, and so like within like speech recognition, there's always and NLP, there's always been an issue of just like having a lack of speech data in general. Um, yeah. But when it comes to underrepresented groups, there's little yeah. no data at all. And so I was only really able to find one data set for African African American vernacular English. And so yeah. like finding a pairing to that has been like my biggest struggle. And so that's what I'm working on right now um, is addressing like representation in the data, trying to find a data set similar to that um, so that I could go forth and actually assessing if these tools work or not for this dialect. So I'm curious, you know, um... I think it's fascinating that you picked voice recognition. Um, but if there was a, you know, what would be the other things you would have looked at if you could, you know, or, or, or another way of asking the question is, how do you arrive at speech recognition as the first thing to look at? 
Yeah, so originally I was considering facial recognition, you know. Mm, it's mm. been like a big topic. Um, a lot of other researchers have covered it, like Joy Bolavini and Timna Jebru, uh, which were two of my hands-down favorite researchers when it uh-huh. comes to this kind of space. Um, and so I was talking with one of uh, the people on my community, actually, Dr. Jillian Hugh, um, and she mentioned that like facial recognition is being covered currently. But there's yeah. like a space in which not a lot of work is being done, and that's mm-hmm. in the area of speech. Um, mm. And she herself, she has like a very strong accent, so she was like, "You should consider like how um, these tools support people's accents, people that speak different dialects." And I was like, "That's very interesting." So um, all of my family's from Jamaica, and so like I know my family simply cannot use speech recognition; <laughs> like it just doesn't work. <laughs> really. They have thick accents, and so I was like, "I had never thought of that before." But it's like an actual problem that's impacting many people across um, this country and across the world, honestly. And so absolutely, absolutely. that's definitely how I got into the space. I was just thinking um, and what I started to realize is that there's a saying like in computer science that you're supposed to code for other people and not yourself. Um, yeah. But I think that's been like the biggest problem in computer science and in tech in general is like people code considering themselves and their needs. And so yeah. if that's what's going to happen, then we should all like consider the needs of ourselves and like the people we represent. And so I thought that's that's kind of how I'm approaching it now is like as a person of color whose families are whose family um, is from a different country and doesn't like speak the standard and doesn't look like the standard. Um, how can I suit it suit technology so that it works for them? So there are a couple of things themes you touched on. One was uh, interdisciplinary research. And um, is that something that you kind of were uh, encoded with uh, right from high school? Or is that something that happened along the way? Um, it's something that definitely happened along the way. Um, and I didn't really get into inter- interdisciplinary research specifically until I had like a very specific interaction, um, like at the ending of my high school experience, um, in which I was like able to interact with, um, sorry, so just for clarity, I'll tell the whole story because this is a quick story. Um, But in my hometown of like Hartford, Connecticut, there's a group Uh called Girls for Technology, um, Uh which the whole goal of the organization is to expose like young women to like tech. Um, and yeah. so I went with them on a visit to Google in New York City, um, where we met with a group of Black women that worked uh-huh. there. And um, one of the biggest points of conversation was, like, how identity influences tech. Um, mm-hmm. And so from that, I was not only introduced to computer science, but I was introduced to the idea of how, like, identity influences the work we do. Um, yeah. And so during that summer and the following year, I did a bunch of research around, like, what it meant to have outside things outside of science influence the work being done. Um, And that's what kind of drove me into interdisciplinary studies in general and specifically research. Um, And so through that, uh, some of my professors throughout college kind of learned that that was kind of what I was interested in. So I took like a freshman seminar in my university that requires to do it around like um, hot topics in bio per se. And one of the mm-hmm. conversations was about, uh, I believe it was like facial recognition or some form of recognition in healthcare and how 
it just mm-hmm. didn't work for people with darker skin. And yeah. that was one of the big things that pro- my professor really wanted me to get from that course was like that specific topic. And after yeah. researching that some more, as well as just like the impact of data in general, after taking yeah. a database systems class, I really realized um, that interdisciplinary studies is what could shape and hopefully further better um, the tech industry. And so that's how I kind of got there. It was a really rough path, but I'm glad I did find that. <laughs> no, I think, I think you're uh, onto something. So tell me, um, Christina, how is research making a difference for you? I mean, you know, is it having a big impact, small impact? Is it changing you in ways? I will definitely say that research has changed how I view and interact and code specifically within technology. Mm -hmm. Um, It's shown me that like my interest it's okay. I've always been like interested in fairness, but seeing um, technology um, and the work I do through that viewpoint, um, mm-hmm. through my research has really like impacted me. And not only that, but it's definitely like made learning and academia a lot more interesting. Um, yeah. I feel like when I was younger, I always complained, like, what am I ever going to use these things for? Um, yeah. <laughs> seeing them in action has definitely made me want to like continue in academia and like that's why I'm doing it in the future is like a lot of these skills that I'm learning, a lot of these algorithms that I'm being taught and implementing in my classes, I can actually implement them in real life in my research and see like positive effects from them. So you're uh, you graduated right now and um, yes. I can understand math and CS now. Where did physics figure in as a minor? Why or how did physics come in? Um, so in high school, I took physics. Um, it was either physics or bio. For some mm. reason, I stayed away from bio as if it was, <laughs> I just couldn't do it. So I definitely took physics. Um, and that was a really good experience for me. Um, but at the time, I didn't see how physics could ever connect to my interests. My physics mm-hmm. uh, teacher at the time was like, Christina, you should consider continuing it. And I kind of brushed that off. I was like, I'm, I'm never doing this. <laughs> um, right. And then I got to high school, to college, and it was actually a prereq for computer science. Um, uh-huh. So I took, uh, it was like intro engineering um, physics uh, with some of my friends. And I realized that a lot of um, the concepts I'm learning um, were connected into like bigger things in life. And Mm-hmm. At one point, I looked at, like, the listings for, like, different physics classes, and a lot of them were computational. And I was like, that's yeah. very interesting. Like, I didn't know physics is, could be so computational, could utilize, like, coding. And so through yeah. that, I was able to take some courses that, like, interested me just in the fact that, like, computer science is more versatile than I'd ever think. And so I decided to take more courses, and at that point, I had enough to be a physics minor. So I was like, I'll continue taking these courses and just get the minor. And I really did enjoy it, and it just showed how, like, interconnected everything that I was learning was. So I have a question for you. So, you know, how come you didn't explore some liberal arts uh minor as well or uh, you know I, I know that these are all very stem focused um, yes. in, right um, but a lot of social science sort of crept in while you were doing your research and other things so you didn't think consider those or is that something that 
you felt you didn't want to do? I definitely did consider those. Um, and that's where I kind of uh, utilize our kind of liberal arts requirements. Um, yeah. So I was able to take a lot of courses in liberal arts. Specifically, I took a lot of African-American studies courses. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't end up getting a minor for that just because it required a lot of essay writing. <laughs> and that was not my strong suit. Um, but I was able to take courses like that. Um, I was able to take a course recently that was like data justice. That was more of a like a liberal arts STEM course. But like it never crossed my mind to necessarily take it as a minor just because essay writing was not my strength. Like I was trying to avoid that. So um, that's kind of why I stayed in the sciences. I also knew that um, in the future I would be applying to grad school. Um, and for requirements, I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing anything too important. Um, so that's kind of why. But I did still continue to take those classes. Um, they just didn't make it onto my list of majors and minors. So do you still like a single answer or are you okay with uh, multiple right answers? <laughs> I, I learned that I still like a single answer but I like when there are multiple ways to get that to that single answer okay okay <laughs> yeah and I think that's because of computer science it's just like uh, there are many approaches uh, to one thing absolutely absolutely so you're off to do your PhD right tell us a little bit about that uh yeah so in the fall I'll be starting my PhD program in computer science at UCLA um mm-hmm. the plan is to join their NLP lab um, so that I can Mm. continue work in speech recognition and natural language processing. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will definitely see where the future takes me in terms of that. I know I still want to continue doing um, AI fairness. Like that will always be my main research focus. Um, But to what extent? I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's what research is for. Now that you have you know, the rich experience of both research and your four years at Emory. Um, What would you tell a freshman uh, about research? What would your advice to them be? Um, I would say that this is the one time that, well, not the one time, but this is a great opportunity to see, like, the skills and logics that you learn in class, like, apply to something that, like, you really care about. And something mm-hmm. that you can see yourself doing in the future. Um, and it'll also just like reinforce like what you know already and what you're learning so that it feels like things have a point to the endless class, <laughs> the endless list of classes you're taking. Right. Um, yeah. And also to try it either way, like even if you're not necessarily interested in the topic to join the research lab, because you learn a lot of things along the way, um, no matter what. Now, if you could go back in time, would you have started research early on, earlier than when you did? I 100% would, yes. Um, it would give me more time to develop uh, my skills around research. I feel like I'm trying to learn as much as I can before going into my program <laughs> in the fall. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely start earlier and also, like, try um, to be in, like, different types of labs. Like, I'm glad I was able to have the experience in the biomedical lab. Even though right. it didn't suit me, having that experience taught me that I it didn't suit me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, finding out what you don't like sometimes is a 
bigger learning than the other way around. Yes. What kind of advice would you give high schoolers um, about college in general, about doing research in college? Um, you know, maybe they're applying this year or next year, the upperclassmen. What kind um, of things should they be doing? Okay, I think I have a few. I think the first one is to not be afraid to like take on opportunities or try things that are like provided for you or like given granted to you. Um, just because mm-hmm. like you'll never know where you'll end up. Um, mm-hmm. like join that organization or like take on that work study job, even if it doesn't seem like the funnest job, because like mm-hmm. you you'll get something out of it. Um, I guess the second is to like not be afraid to like reach out to people and ask questions and ask for opportunities um one of the best pieces of advice I was told was that like at while I have like my at emory.edu email like people will be more willing to say yes like they'll be less willing to give you a flat out no because they know like you're young and that you're um impressionable and that they can help you to like grow as a person um and so utilizing that email as long as you have it um (laughs) So, yeah. Okay, so Christina, we are beginning to wind down here. Um, I thought it might be nice to close with some memories or some vignette or something from your last four years that you might want to share. Um, yeah, I think my favorite memory, and this is like slightly professional, slightly serious. So I created an org with um, a few of my classmates called Bliss, Black and Latinx and STEM, which the whole mm-hmm. purpose is to like create a community for Black and Latinx students in STEM that kind of felt isolated in the classes and to support mm-hmm. students going to like research um, and uh, graduate school. Um, mm-hmm. And so this org was like created as soon as the pandemic was starting. So it was already mm-hmm. um, <laughs> a struggle. But we had right. had our first meeting on campus, like our first general body meeting before the pandemic started. Um, mm-hmm. And our goal was to just like get 10 names on a piece of paper so we could provide the school with a roster of students that were interested. Um, and so we like posted this flyer everywhere, hoping that at least someone would show up. And we ended <laughs> up having like 30 students show up. We only got uh-huh. two boxes of pizza, so that definitely wasn't enough. But like yeah. so many students were like, we needed this, like, thank you for creating this and like I think that was one of my favorite memories is just like seeing that like me and my exec board weren't the only ones that like needed a community (laughs) and needed this work we're like we're so glad we're not wasting my time with this and so I think that was literally the best memory it's just like knowing that there are other people out there struggling and we're not the only ones (laughs) no great point great point so wonderful so um Christina um Thank you so much for taking the time and sharing all your thoughts and stories around your experience at Emory. Um, I, you know, I'm sure you're going to have a great career. Um, good luck at UCLA and beyond. And I'd love to keep in touch. So take care, be safe, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you for talking with me. Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi again. Hope you enjoyed our podcast with Christina on her research and undergraduate experiences at Emory. Christina joined Emory with a broad idea of what she wanted to study. 
She got into undergraduate research at the end of her sophomore year. She worked first in a biomedical lab and then moved to Professor Dorian Arnold's lab to pursue research she was really passionate about, fairness in AI. She worked on NLP and speech recognition support for underrepresented groups. Christina will now join the doctoral program at UCLA to continue speech recognition and NLP work. I hope Christina's undergraduate research experience inspires you to do UG research and explore Emory for your undergraduate program. For your questions or comments on this podcast, please email podcast at almamatters.io. Thank you all so much for listening to our podcast today. Transcripts for this podcast and previous podcasts are on almamatters.io forward slash podcasts. To stay connected with us, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, or visit anchor.fm forward slash almamatters to check us out. Till we meet again, take care and be safe. Thank you. College matters. Alma Alma matters. matters.